By listening to the Conscious Fertility Podcast, you agree to not use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician or healthcare provider for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Welcome to Conscious Fertility, the show that listens to all of your fertility questions so that you can move from fear and suffering to peace of mind and joy. My name is Lauren Brown. I'm a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine and a clinical hypnotherapist. I'm on a mission to explore all the paths to peak fertility and joyful living. It's time to learn how to be and receive so that you can create life on purpose. So I want to share with you the process I use in conscious work in my practice, also called belief change work or energy psychology. And the presentation is about how to develop emotional mastery and resilience. And so I'm going to share tools how to transform suffering into peace and joy. The focus of these tools is to take your body out of this state of alarm, this sympathetic mode, because when we are in that fight or flight mode, our energy is being mobilized for survival and our resources aren't available for creativity for healing, and even for reproduction. And so this habitual state of alarm over time leads to chronic inflammation, which causes accelerated biological aging and premature degenerative diseases. And as you know, stress, you just, you're not feeling good emotionally and physically. And when you're able to elicit this relaxation response daily and engage the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest, breed and feed nervous system, this helps free up your resources for healing, creativity, and reproduction. So these are the belief change tools that I use in my sessions of conscious work. And I chose this title because using these tools help provide you basically mastery over your thoughts and feelings, so hence your emotions, which, which helps build your emotional resilience, which leads to confidence. A psychologist, uh, Joan Rosenberg, uh, I like her idea of confidence, and to paraphrase it is, is that you have this deep sense that you know you have the ability to handle these uncomfortable feelings. And I like to add that these tools are what provide you this confidence, knowing that you have the tools to deal with life. And when you use these tools, it lowers the resistance, stress, chi stagnation in the body, which allows for more flow and receptivity because you confidently know you can manage these uncomfortable feelings and situations. Let's kind of begin here and I'll set an attention that this be simple, powerful, and effective. Um, Einstein says, make everything as simple as possible. So this doesn't have to be complicated. These tools are fairly simple, but not simpler, meaning we don't want to distill it down so much and make it so simple that it loses its effectiveness. So the goal here is simple, powerful, and effective. I'm not going to go into detail about quieting the body and mind, but this is an important process to train your body to feel calm and at peace. And I have created a, a lecture, a whole lecture on this. It's about an hour long where I go into the three simple mind hacks to help you elicit the relaxation technique for healing and creativity. On that blog, I include an 18-minute meditation that I invite you to practice daily if you enjoy it. The blog is found on acubalance.ca and it's titled, Three Simple Mind Hacks to Elicit Relaxation for Healing, Creativity, and Sleep. The idea of quieting the body and mind, because it's bi-directional, so we hear mind-body a lot, right? It's bi-directional, meaning Thoughts and feelings impact your physical well-being, and your physical well-being impacts your mental-emotional health. And so it is bi-directional. And using relaxation techniques will help induce the alpha-theta brainwaves. Alpha is that sense of detached relaxation. It's when you're more 
uh, suggestible as well when we want to work on the subconscious. If we're looking to change or remove clear limiting subconscious beliefs, we want to be in that alpha or theta brainwave state where we can help, where we're more suggestible. That high beta brainwave is when you're kind of in that overwhelm. It's not an enjoyable place to be in high beta waves. So we want to induce alpha through quieting the body and mind, these relaxation techniques. Or that sympathetic when you're in survival mode, when you're in that fight or flight, we want to bring you more into that parasympathetic, which is that rest and digest, breed and feed nervous system. So quieting the body and mind, the goal is take your body out of this state of alarm, this sympathetic mode, this high beta mode. Because when we're in that fight or flight mode, our energy is being mobilized for survival and a lot of our resources then aren't as available for creativity and healing and uh, even reproduction. So this habitual state of alarm, this stress over time leads to chronic inflammation, which can cause accelerated biological aging as well and premature degenerative diseases. And when you practice and become habituated at eliciting the relaxation response daily, and engage that parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest, breed and feed system, then you are also freeing up your resources for healing and creativity and reproduction. You know, there's the breath technique. I use in my practice acupuncture to help induce that alpha state to get you into parasympathetic. There's hypnotic digestions. And I share three simple mind hacks in this blog. And the title again is Three Simple Mind Hacks to Elicit Relaxation for Healing, Creativity and Sleep. And again, go to AccuBalance. There's an hour lecture, which I invite you to watch to really get the science and the explanation of how to use these three mind hacks that you can take with you and use them anywhere, day and night. I also have that meditation at the bottom of that um, blog as well. When people come to me, they're, some come asking, I want to I change my subconscious program. Some are aware they have some childhood programs running that don't serve them as adults. Some just know they, they're not enjoying their life. They don't like how they feel and they're looking for support. What they're looking for, or part of it, is to remove this resistance. When we have resistance in the body, when we fight with reality, we have resistance. We call it in Chinese medicine, qi stagnation. You know it because you feel it. It's called stress. Um, some call it friction. And if you think of it this way, when there's resistance in an electrical system, for example, the energy doesn't flow as freely. There's less energy flow. And when you lower the resistance in an energy system, there's more energy flow. And we are bioelectric magnetic beings. We are bioelectric organisms. And the same thing, when we have resistance in our system, we have less flow and receptivity. And so by lowering the resistance in our body, qi stagnation, the stress, we have more allowing, more receptivity, more flow. And that feels good when you have flow and receptivity going on in your body. So let's talk about clearing, transforming subconscious limiting beliefs and programs. And often we may be aware, but oftentimes we're unconsciously aware that we're running these programs where we're self-sabotaging ourselves. I often think of the um, athlete Tiger Woods when he was the greatest golfer, had a great family, wife, had lots of abundance, and then he made some decisions where it really interfered with his personal life. And I didn't have the judgment on him. I know some people judge some of his actions. I got curious because of the work I do, and I was like, I wonder what program he's running. And I could imagine that he's probably running a program I don't deserve to have it all, right? Because he had it all, he probably unconsciously made a decision that self-sabotaged himself. Why? 
because the subconscious always wants congruency. And so if your program, your belief is I don't deserve to have it all and you're having it all, that conflicts with the subconscious and you will find a way to intentionally or unintentionally self-sabotage yourself. And so I'll give you another example of self-sabotage and how our programs can interfere with us manifesting and creating the life that, that we truly desire. Now, this story is not from my personal practice. Um, this was shared to me, I think it was during my uh, training as a clinical hypnotherapist. It stuck with me and I want to share it because it's a great example. A lawyer had come for a session for hypnosis. She's 45. She realized she was having challenges finding love in her life, relationships. She had shared that she had met men and some of them were excellent, great men. And she was aware that often she unintentionally would sabotage the relationship, but sometimes she would intentionally do it. She couldn't help herself. It, like it, she described it as like there's a button to push and she knows she shouldn't push this button. It's going to really negatively impact the relationship and she couldn't help herself. She still pushed the button. So she came for help because she was aware there's something going on here. Well, in her session, she was regressed and a memory came up to her where she was four and she's having dinner with her mom and her older sister. And her mom lets the girls know, her sister's seven, she's four, and her mom lets the girls know that when you finish your dinner, you get popsicles. Her older sister ate her dinner right away, real quick, and she was rewarded with a popsicle. She, being four, didn't eat as quickly as her sister, and being four, she's in the moment, and she wants that popsicle now. And her mom firmly says, no, when you finish your dinner, you get a popsicle. Being four, she went into a little bit of a temper tantrum. Her mom being tired maybe, not being fully resourced, sent her to her room without any more dinner or popsicle. And in that experience, she has this thought that her mom loves her sister more than her, which turned into my mother doesn't love me, which became a generalization, I'm not lovable. So she developed insight in the session that she's running a program, I'm not lovable. And now when you look at this from her current life at 45, where she'd get into relationships. And I mentioned earlier that the subconscious wants congruency. And if she's in a relationship where the partner is loving you, but your subconscious says, I'm not lovable and it wants congruency, it will unconsciously find a way to sabotage that because it's looking for you not to be lovable. In that session, she did bring along her 45-year-old self and did some inner child work, some reparenting. And um, she was able to take that with her, take this insight because she realized all that happened is that my mother did not give me a popsicle. Everything else was the meaning she gave it through the lenses of her subconscious program, which at that time was, I'm not lovable. Interesting, we're more the same than different, meaning that our stories are different. People I see have such diverse backgrounds and stories of what's happened to them in their childhood and what's going on for them in their life. But when we do this conscious work, what becomes really apparent is that we're more the same than different because when you distill down the stories, the programs we were running are all very similar. I'm not lovable enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough money. I'm not enough seems to be a really common theme um, that I see in my practice. There's obviously shame that there's something inherently wrong with me. There's guilt that I'm doing something wrong. All this, though, around I'm not enough is pretty much you distill it down. So I will share with you that although our stories look different, underneath the stories, the programs that we run were all very similar. 
So I like to use this approach I call NAC, Notice, Accept, Choose Again approach, to interrupt this story that we are running, to interrupt the program. Why I use this is because our subconscious is looking for congruency. And so when your subconscious and your conscious mind conflict, the subconscious wins. When your heart and mind conflict, your heart will win. And so when you believe in the story, you make it real. And we want to interrupt this story. And we use this NAC approach, which you'll learn later. I call It's basically a how-to-present-moment approach. We use it to interrupt the story because you have like a negative thought that leads to a negative feeling, which leads to a negative behavior, and it's cyclical. And we want to interrupt that thought. So we go from negative thought to positive thought to positive feeling to positive behavior. And the reason this is important is our behaviors are going to be congruent with our programs, our beliefs. And so you have this program belief, which leads to thoughts, feelings, which leads to your behaviors, actions, and actions or behaviors performed over time become habit and they become your destiny. They become the effect in the world. Your reality, your destiny, your reality, when you work backwards, comes from all these actions you've taken and these actions, these behaviors are congruent with your program. So it's not so much that we got to go work on the actions, the effect. We got to go inside and work on the programs because the actions are going to flow from our behaviors through that subconscious programming. And what I can clearly see in my own personal life and the people I work with that when you use this approach, NAC, you see like one or two things that will happen. Basically, when you transform these old programs, your perception changes. And this is huge because you experience reality based on your perception. Your perception changes. So you're no longer at the effect of it. It's no longer a suffering experience. And sometimes miracles happen, that the actual physical environment changes, that what you want on, a, on the world, you actually see something change outside of you, which you like really say, I can't believe this is happening. However, one of two things happen. The first thing is the key. Your perception changes. If that happens, you're good. You become not attached to form and outcome, meaning you're no longer attached to the physical world changing because your perceptions change anyhow. So you're experiencing it differently. Well, let's continue on here. And I kind of want to share Dr. Bruce Lipton. He's the author of Biology of Belief. He talks about how your subconscious is like this 40 million bit computer and your conscious mind is like this 20 bit computer. So 40 million bit compared to 20 bit massive difference with speed and power with the subconscious. And you think about it, the subconscious is in all your cells of your body. It's your autonomic nervous system. It's not in your head only. It's every cell of your body is your subconscious. It's in your body. It's what pumps your heart. It's what circulates your blood. It's what breathes you when you sleep or when you're awake as well, because I don't think you're sitting there focusing on your breath. It's what runs your immune system. It digests the food. It's a supercomputer. If you want to think of it this way, those that are playing instruments, like for example, the piano, if you're learning a complicated piano piece, you may have to kind of look at the keys as you practice. You're using that 20-bit computer, that conscious mind, because you're going to use the 20-bit computer to imprint on that 40 million super conscious through repetition. And you can't look at somebody or talk to somebody because you need to use all your concentration because that conscious mind is not a very powerful capacity computer. So you need to focus and practice. But after you practice a while and you habituate it, it's now imprinted on your subconscious. It's no longer being run by the conscious. It's in your subconscious, which is like a supercomputer. Now you can play this complicated piece while looking away from the piano keys, actually having a conversation with somebody playing this. 
and your hands are moving so fast that the person having a conversation with you with their 20-bit computer can't even keep up with the speed of your hands. That's the power of the subconscious mind. Bruce Lipton also says that 95% of the time you're in your subconscious. These are the learned master behaviors that you don't have to consciously think about at all. You just intended it and it happens. And he says, so if you're going to drift into this autopilot program of the subconscious 95% of the time, doesn't it make sense to make it run the programs that will serve you? So you have these conscious desires. I want to be thin. I want abundance. I want love in my life. I want health. You have these conscious desires but you have a subconscious program saying you don't deserve to have it, you're not enough, you're not pretty, you're not smart enough. And so if you're going to drift 95% of the time, you're incongruent, you're not going to get what you want because it's kind of really running the show. And so the idea is let's change these subconscious programs that don't serve us anymore. I'm not lovable. I'm shameful. I'm guilty. Let's change these programs so they match our desires. So when we drift, which we're going to do anyhow, he says like 95% of the time, they're running the programs that you want anyhow. So now you don't have to worry about it consciously because you've imprinted on your subconscious the programs you want to be running when you drift. He has this quote that says, your life does not reflect what you want, it reflects the programs you were given. So again, I interpret this as your reality, the life that you have, are the actions you've taken over time and those actions come from the programs that you were given. And so your life doesn't reflect what you want, it reflects the programs you were given. And it's fair to say that the programs that you were given, you inherited. You got them through ancestors, so your great-great-grandparents, your culture, your gender, and your parents in utero and how they raised you, whether whatever they did intentionally or unintentionally. They did the best they could. How do I know this? Because if they could have done better, they would have. So everybody's doing the best they can. So conscious work, there's no room to blame other. There's definitely no room to blame yourself, and you also don't blame other. We're adults now, and we're looking to use being awake and aware to consciously transform our old programs and beliefs. You basically are seeing the world through the lenses of your subconscious. So everything that happens is actually neutral, and then we give it meaning. And so this is important, that you're seeing the world through the lenses of your subconscious mind. You have a few individuals looking at the same situation, and each individual may have a different recall when you ask them later what happened because we're seeing what happens. We, we internalize and we perceive our reality based on the lenses of the subconscious that we have. And Charles Hanel has this excellent quote that talks about how we have to do our internal work, that we work on the cause and not on the effect. And so it's all about going in. It's an inside job. And what he says is the world within is the cause. The world without is, is the effect. To change the effect, you must change the cause. So rather than going to work on the effect, to go work on the material world, he's suggesting we go do on the inside and work on the inside, the cause, which is our programs, our beingness. I've heard Dr. Joe Dispenza, author of Breaking the Habits of Being Yourself, and I think uh, Supernatural is another one of his books. He's written a few. He says you can either use matter to change matter or you can use energy to change matter. And again, the energy idea is working on this subconscious level. That's how I'm internalizing it. Joe Dispenza also said, your personality determines your personal reality. To change your outer reality, you must change your... Um, so basically saying the same thing as Hanel says, to change your outer reality, you must change your inner reality because your, your personality determines your personal reality. So you're going to have to bring a new personality into your future if you're expecting it to be different. And then one more quote on this conscious shift about going inside. 
Einstein says we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. And I interpret this again as that this is not going to be solved on a conscious level. We have to go in and work on our subconscious programs. So the tools, the process that I use, I call the NAC. And I use this notice, accept, choose again approach to help clear and transform subconscious limiting beliefs and programs. And the, the idea is that it kind of removes the resistance. Again, chi stagnation, friction. And when you move and lower the resistance, this allows for more um, receptivity and flow. So the NAC, notice, accept, choose again. So let's talk about the notice. And I'm going to use a quote here from Viktor Frankl. He's a psychologist, author, and a survivor of the Auschwitz uh, concentration camps. And he said that between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in this space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and freedom. And I want to unpack this a bit. Between stimulus and response, there's a space. So in the space, we either unconsciously react or we can consciously choose to respond. And it's the NAC, the notice, accept, choose again approach, which to me is a how to present moment approach. It's, the, it's what gives you that space from stimulus to response. It gives you that space. You're either going to unconsciously respond, so you miss the space, but if you get that space, you can now consciously choose to respond. If you unconsciously react, basically you're just amplifying the negative emotions. You're in it. You're at the effect of it. You're eating it because you're really believing your story. In that moment, you notice it. And if you're able to get into that space and use these tools, NAC, in that space, in that moment now, it brings awareness. It takes you out of your wound. And then you get to choose how you want to be in this world, how you want to respond. So notice, it's the pause. It's the space. Don't take it personally. Why? Everything that happens is neutral, and then we give it meaning through the lenses of our subconscious program. So again, you either get to choose to react and amplify it, or you get to use your free will to change your perception and transform these outdated programs. The pause is important. It's the first step because if you don't notice, if you're not noticing that you've gone into your wound, that you're being triggered, that you notice there's a stimulus there, then you don't have the opportunity to go into accepting and choose again. And so the noticing is key. Um, once you start to notice that you're in your wound, that you've been triggered, this is beautiful because now you start to practice the accept, choose again, which is how you're going to start to rewire your brain. And eventually you're going to set down new pathways and you won't get triggered or reactive when certain situations happen because of the new pathways you've created. And regardless, you are going to become more practiced at be staying awake and present that you'll use these tools so you don't react and go into that amplification of the negative feeling and you get to choose how you want to respond. So the notice is key. Remember, don't take it personally. Everything that happens is neutral and then we give it meaning. So if we don't take it personally, that means we're going to get curious. And then the accepting what is is key. This is surrendering to what is. Um, Byron Katie had um, wrote a book called Loving What Is, and she often had said that when you fight with reality, you lose, you suffer, only 100% of the time. When you fight with reality, you create resistance or friction. Chinese medicine, we call it qi stagnation. Remember that resistance in an, in an electrical system lowers the flow of energy. And so we want to lower the resistance so we have more flow and more receptivity. So we want to surrender to what is. Now, often people have issues with surrendering to what is. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't, I can't accept this situation. 
We're not saying that you want this feeling or that you prefer this feeling or situation. What we're saying is this is what is now for you. We're not saying that you're resigned to it either. We're just saying this is what is now for you. When you get triggered, you're going into that uh, sympathetic high beta brain overdrive, overwhelm. And so you go into the reptilian brain, the amygdala, and you're in survival mode and you're not fully resourced now. And that's why you become reactive in that reptilian survival brain. By surrendering to what is, it puts you, it's a doorway into present moment. These uncomfortable feelings actually can be doorways into the present moment. And in that presence, when you become present, when you really surrender to what is, you go into whole brain, you become resourced. And now you have access to parts of your brain of creativity that you normally don't have access to. And you've probably experienced this before. I can imagine somebody who's working on a complicated math equation or trying to figure something out and just feeling frustrated and you can't figure it out. And finally, you decide to give yourself some space and you go for a walk or you take a bath and you're not worried or thinking about it anymore. And then poof, it just drops in the answer, the solution. That kind of an idea of lowering the resistance allows for receptivity and lets you access parts of your brain of creativity that are not normally available to you. Now, I have a podcast called the Conscious Fertility Podcast, where I've been interviewing researchers and experts on consciousness, on law of attraction, on manifestation, and so many similarities of when you get into the present moment, they talk about how you, you connect to more parts of your brain and some say your own consciousness and some say you tap to big C, big consciousness. Dr. Julie Bolt-Taylor, I think it was in her episode where she used this uh, metaphor that we're, our brain's like a computer and when we're in the reptilian brain, when we're reactive, we're only using a small little part of that computer, that hard drive. And when we're whole brain, when we're present, then we have access to the whole computer hard drive. And she says it also lets us link up to the cloud. So we have access to all the information in the world. And that's where we can download really cool ideas and tap into our higher self. Um, I can't dispel or confirm any of that. I can share from my experience and facilitating um, the patients I see that when they fully surrender to what is, there is a sense of peace or relief that comes over. To do the NAC and the accepting part, there has to be a willingness to feel uncomfortable because these feelings are uncomfortable and it sounds counterintuitive to feel your feelings, right? That they don't feel good because normally we want to check out. We, we want to avoid not feeling good and we do this checking out through looking at our phones and checking our emails constantly, uh, going on social media. We do this through drug and alcohol. We may work more workaholics. We may exercise over-exercise more. We may use pornography. There are so many things that we do to distract ourselves, to check out from feeling our feelings. And so there is a willingness to have to feel your feelings, to be authentic. Author Michael Brown of The Presence Process, uh, no relationship to me, although we have the same last name, I love his quote where he says, rather than trying to feel better, we want to get better at feeling. And a personal story, in the 90s, I remember I was feeling really sad. I was studying for my CPA exams, the CA exams back then, CPA, Chartered Accountant exams. And I was feeling sad. And for whatever reason, I decided to go in and just really be in my sadness. And I poured a bath during the day, lit a candle, even though it was light out, put some aromatherapy in the diffuser, put on some sad music in the ghetto blaster. And I sat in the bath and I felt my sadness and it got really intense. And I started to have tears go down my cheeks. And then out of nowhere, 
I'm in bliss. I feel great. And I'm sitting there trying to feel sad. I remember like in being tense, trying to feel sad because it felt so good to feel sad. I felt the bliss and I couldn't get sad. I just felt great. And I, I thought that was a great day. It was only years later, I was reading Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now. He says that when you are not present, that's when you suffer. You either regret the past or fear the future. And then if you're fully present, your suffering transforms into like bliss. And I had that moment where that's what happened to me in the bath. And so it sounds counterintuitive to go into your feelings, but it's really about being willing to be uncomfortable, to be authentic, to feel your feelings and to really look at them. And we know this, we've heard what we resist persists. It's like putting that beach ball under the water, it's eventually going to pop up, right? And so rather than um, ignore them or check out and, and like we talked about, work, alcohol, checking social media, try to um, check out from our feelings, we're going to feel our feelings. But you're doing this in a conscious way. You're, there's awareness that comes with you. And so why this is a little different than just being in your feelings and not enjoying them is that when you're fully in it and you're at the effect of it, when you're believing in your story, then you're at the effect of it because you're in it. But when we do the accepting what is, you're not fully in it. You're close enough to the situation, to the feelings that you experience it, hence it's uncomfortable, but you're not, but you're far enough away that you're not fully in it, which means you're available for solutions as well. And that's that quote from Viktor Frankl, in that space, you can choose to respond consciously. Now, some of the tools I use, we're not going to go into any of these today in detail, but what I use in my sessions of conscious work is you can use the breath. So remember, you notice, don't believe in the story. When you believe in the story, you make it real. Everything that happens is neutral, and then you give it meaning. So don't take it personally. That's the notice. Now we surrender to what is. We're going to allow ourselves to feel the feelings. We're going to accept ourselves for the person who feels or thinks this way currently. And one of the tools would be the breath. Use our breath. I like this technique of in for four through the nose, hold for four, out for eight, just to give me that pause, that space between reaction and consciously responding. There's surrender and release, breathing and thinking about releasing the thought and feeling to a higher power like divine love or universal intelligence. I'll use certain whole brain postures. I'll use techniques like emotional freedom technique or the inner child modality. Byron Katie's four questions. I'm not trained in it, but EMDR would be a great tool to bring into accepting what is. The key here is their tools. They're tools to get you into present moment. So I'm not dogmatic on the tools. I've been trained in many modalities and tools. So I weave all kinds of tools into my sessions. The key is to get you into present moment. For some of us, really I'm talking to me here, it's important to be into your beingness. The doing comes out of your beingness. The conscious responding is out of your beingness. So we want to be human beings, not human doing. And in Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now, it sounded lovely. Be present. Get into the present moment. But I was like, yes, how? How I want to be present. It sounds great. And I realized, as I mentioned earlier, reading and attending workshops on these researchers and authors and experts on the law of attraction and on manifestation and on conscious work, I realized what they're all sharing is NAC. And so the key is to use these tools. So these are doing tools that I like. I do a little doing to get me to being. The goal is to be in being. If you're able to just go there, and sometimes I can just quickly go there without any effort, 
but sometimes I need a tool to just help me get into that present moment. So these are doing tools to get you into the present moment. And when you're in the present moment, as I mentioned, your whole brain, you're out of the amygdala and you have access to your whole brain. So you have access to creative parts that aren't always available to you. And as some say, you tap into super consciousness, big C consciousness, that the metaphor we used earlier is your computer now, your hard drive can tap into the cloud. So you access much more information. And Eckhart Tolle says, when you're present, you can either remove yourself from the situation, change or improve the situation or accept what is. And so this is again that between stimulus and response, there's a space. And in that space, we either unconsciously react or we can consciously choose to respond. These three things are the you consciously responding. So you consciously choose to remove yourself from the situation, or you can consciously choose to improve or change the situation. And there's many tools that I use in my practice to help you change or improve the situation and change your perception. And if we can't remove ourselves and we can't change or improve, then we can continue to just surrender to accept what is because you can be at peace in an unhappy situation. It's important to note that you don't become like, I don't care about anything. You just are at peace even though you don't like the situation. And a perfect example, I've just known for myself using this, these tools, that there are things that happen now that I know 10 years ago would really aggravate me. That, that happened now. So they happen now. And although I still don't like it, I'm not triggered. So I'm not in reactive mode. I'm not amplifying the negative emotion. I don't like what I'm seeing. However, it's not triggering me. So I'm staying awake, whole brain, so I can remove or change the situation. And so this is the power of being in the present moment. An example of this is, you know, this surrendering, because it's so important to be able to, to surrender, accept what is. You know, you can struggle or you can do it purposefully. And I often think of people that have had such tough situations in their life that they struggle and fight so much with it that they become, understandably, of course, that they finally are exhausted and they just give up and throw their hands in the air and they say, I can't do it anymore. God, I surrender, right? And then they find some peace. That's the, that's the struggle. I'm talking about using the NAC to do it purposely so you don't have to struggle and suffer. And the metaphor I like to share is kind of like thinking of being in um, uh, the shallow end, but not aware you're in the shallow end and your knees are bent and your arms are splashing the water and you're getting really tired and you're afraid because you think you're drowning um, and you're splashing and eventually you're so exhausted, you can't splash your arms anymore. Your knees sink a few inches and bang, they hit the shallow end and you realize your nose is above the water that you can breathe. So that was you struggling until you, you hit the bottom and you realize I'm okay. Purposefully is you're in the shallow end, your knees are bent and you, you get scared because you think you're drowning and right away you stand up. <laughs> that's doing it purposely. And that's what NAC is, is standing up in the shallow end. And to quote Dr. Joe Dispenza, you can learn and change in a state of suffering or you can learn and change in a state of joy and inspiration. The choice is yours. So you can be brought to your knees through struggle or you can consciously, purposely, fully surrender. And the notice, accept, choose again is you purposely choosing to surrender using these tools, of course. And then it's paradoxical that when you fully surrender to what is, when you, and you know, because you're in that high beta, you're it, it, those uncomfortable feelings, they do not feel good, right? That's why we avoid them. And so when you go in and surrender, accept what is using these tools, what happens is these negative emotions, for whatever reason, get metabolized. There's something special about being in that present moment. They get metabolized. 
and a sense of peace and relief come over you. And it's paradoxical because when you finally can accept what is, that's when you can choose again. That's why it's paradoxical because you're accepting what is, but now you get to choose differently. We use many tools to get you into that choose again, but the idea is, you know, if you want to be healthy, you're going to practice feeling whole. You want to be wealthy, you practice feeling abundant. You want to experience loving relationships, then you practice feeling love and compassion and empathy for yourself and others. If you want to feel happy, then you practice joy and gratitude. And I use tools again to help you get into that choose again. I love the gratitude practice is one of those tools. Um, I have an exercise I call the redo exercise to help rewire synapses in your subconscious. You can consciously elicit emotions like abundance, love, joy, and peace. I like to use whole brain posture again, psyche, emotional freedom technique, inner child work. There's many tools again. I'm not, it's the, it's the structure of notice, accept, choose again. There's many tools that you can use to help in each of these stages of NAC. And as I shared, uh, many of the experts I have attended workshops or have read their materials, this is what I see that, that we're doing. And I've just organized it to simplify it to make it more accessible, NAC. The last point I want to make on this, on the choose again, basically you're choosing how you want to be in the world. That Joe Dispenza quote that your personality determines your personal reality. So it's your beingness. So it's an inside job. You are changing on the inside to change the effect on the outside. And so you're having this transformation on the inside and you're choosing how you want to be, like what kind of partner you want to be, what kind of uh, um, colleague you want to be, what kind of parent you want to be, your beingness. This is what you get to choose again. How do you want to be in the world? If you notice you no longer want to be this way, who are you becoming? And this is part of that manifestation and creating who you're going to be in this world as if it's happening now. All right, as we finish up here, I want to share that key here to, to quote again. Uh, this one's Robert Collier. Um, visualize this thing you want. So this is in the choose again. So you want to see it, feel it, believe it, make it your mental blueprint and begin. So this is about bringing all these senses into your imagination. You want to be able to ignore your current reality, close your eyes, ignore it, and spend time in the choose again um, imagining your future as if it's happening now. See it, feel it, believe it, make it your mental blueprint. Dr. Joan Rosenberg, a psychologist, wrote a book, 90 Seconds to a Life You Love. And I just want to share, it's another one where I see NAC. And she says, one choice, eight feelings, 90 seconds. She says that using these approaches, you get emotional mastery, which builds your resilience, which builds confidence. And again, I'm going to share how what she's talking about is notice, accept, choose again. And so she talks about one choice. So the choice is to lean into awareness instead of avoidance. And so that's that Viktor Frankl quote about being in the moment that you can either unconsciously react in a habitual manner or that in that, or in that moment you can choose to consciously respond. So she says there's a choice, either lean into awareness or you can choose avoidance. Avoidance is that checking out with drugs, food, sex, porn, shopping, work. And then she talks about awareness, being aware of and in touch with um, as much of your moment-to-moment -moment experience as possible at any given moment. So now she's talking about feeling the feeling. So this is being authentic. This is the accepting what is, surrendering, and allowing yourself to experience your feelings, which is why I say there needs to be a willingness to feel uncomfortable. And she says 90 seconds, and that's from Julie Bolt-Taylor's research that 
um, these uncomfortable, unpleasant feelings are 90-second waves. So they only go through your system for 90 seconds. The reason it seems like they last longer is because we keep thinking the thought which triggers the feeling. So we're constantly triggering that 90-second. And NAC is about, remember, interrupting the story. So we interrupt this thought which stops you from having repetitive 90-second <laughs> waves. So you interrupt it. That's why you just have to be willing to be uncomfortable, not for a long period of time. Notice it. I'm triggered. I don't like this feeling. Get curious. Don't take it personally. Surrender to what is. We use these tools now to feel it, to surrender it, to get into the present moment. So ride in that 90-second wave and it's short-lived. I say, then we go into choose again. Choose to be aware and choose to how you want to be in this world. So that's the notice, accept, choose again. To quote Neville Goddard, Everything we do accompanied by a change of consciousness is but a futile readjust of the surface. So basically, it's futile to change the outside world before changing the concept of ourselves, before changing your relationship, your cities, your jobs. It's really an inside job to go in and do the inner work first. And right action must follow right thinking is, is what I subscribe to. So although I've shared with you some ideas, concepts, and principles, the value is not from the knowledge. You can read all the self-help books you want and still not feel great. The value comes from the application of the knowledge. This is process work. This is somatic work. So it's not just talk. It's not My work is not talk therapy. I'm not a therapist. So this is not chat therapy. This is not talk therapy. This is conscious work. This is somatic body work that we're doing. And you're using um, conscious work to get into these programs and evaluate them and change them. And so the application is key. And I invite you, you can check out more lectures I have on consciousness on laurenbrown.com. You can check out the conscious work we offer and belief change work we offer at AccuBalance. And I invite you to listen to the experts I have on the Conscious Fertility Podcast. Um, don't be fooled by the title with fertility in the podcast. Anybody can benefit from these podcasts because these are experts on consciousness. Even if you're not trying to grow your family, you will benefit from uh, most of those episodes. So again, check out Conscious Fertility Podcasts. They're all, it's all available on Apple and on Spotify. And again, there's more information on acubalance.ca. Thank you very much and wish you the best of luck. If you're looking for support to grow your family, contact Acubalance Wellness Center. At AccuBalance, they help you reach your peak fertility potential through their integrative approach using low-level laser therapy, fertility acupuncture, and naturopathic medicine. Download the AccuBalance Fertility Diet and Dr. Brown's video for mastering manifestation and clearing subconscious blocks. Go to AccuBalance.ca. That's A-C-U-Balance.ca. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Conscious Fertility, the show that helps you receive life on purpose. Please take a moment to subscribe to the show and join the community of women and men on their path to peak fertility and choosing to live consciously on purpose. I would love to continue this conversation with you, so please direct message me on Instagram at Lauren Brown Official. That's Instagram, Lauren Brown Official. Or you can visit my websites, laurenbrown.com and acubalance.ca. Until the next episode, stay curious curious and for a few moments bring your awareness to your heart center and breathe